0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: One, two, three. Oh that shit! Terrible.
2: That was terrible. It's not on good own. on my end. Hey, it's
1: not no, a good on my
3: end.
2: No, not for right. me. Like, <laughs> yeah, not for me. <laughs> I thought
4: that was silent. I was excited. Speaking of excitement, welcome back to Brothers of Murder Battle. Are you suffering right now? I'm so tired. I ran ten miles this morning.
2: Oh, look at you, over so a powerful. Powerful.
3: Yeah. yeah, I had a bagel this morning. And then sick. I had avocado toast. Thanks to Gwyneth P. Hey, Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow? <laughs> yeah. You know she's the one that like pretty much
5: started Goop, right? the trend. Goop.
4: Yeah. Well, she no also started fucking the fucking way.
5: No fucking yeah. way. Are we, we giving
4: we, I wanted to say hell, I don't I, it was but
3: a avocado on toast being She's not even a millennial she's not even no yeah she is the one that like got the whole thing there's like I watched a YouTube video about how she like pretty much destroyed the uh uh environment with the whole avocado toast thing and selling people avocado toast for like $10 and then making the the cost of avocados like really high because she's just like oh yeah tank the market I'm yeah. Joe Rogan for women and
5: <laughs> oh, oh shit like, that's, oh, that's of, yeah I mean you're good yeah, right.
2: accurate
4: anyway Welcome to Brothers of Murder, where we not only talk about group products, but (laughs) we talk about true crime cases of color.
2: And chlamydia.
4: And chlamydia. (laughs) (laughs) You missed that part. Let's see it. Thank you. Okay, but yeah. So welcome to the show. This episode's all about Vanished. And uh, I know, Battle, you said you wanted to start first, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do want to start first. So uh, everyone's doing well. Hashtag Doja Cat, get into it. Yeah.
3: Uh, I don't like Doja Cat either, so we don't have to talk about her ever That was yet. for Kelly.
4: That wasn't for anybody else but Kelly. <laughs> I don't
1: know.
3: I've been on the road, I've been doing shows. Now we eating steak, remember sleeping on the floor, We're stealing at the gas station when the town's cold. In the kitchen hostel, trying to flip it out the stove. Rocking fake J's, praying that nobody knows. Watch him take my dog away, it was way too hard to stay composed. Fight to see the light of day, all the blood on my clothes. I was tired every day, green light, is time to go. I don't wanna live life faster, die too young, die too young. Hundred miles proud, might crash. Cause a good die young, It a good die young. Anyway. Anyways.
2: Sorry, Daddy
3: sorry. Battle. I'm sorry. I know. No one knows the whole idea behind the daddy part. Yeah. It's the Patreon stuff.
4: Daddy fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: going to make a little jingle for it, too. But I hope everyone's doing well. I know Time I am because it. I'm here with my friends. That's us. Mm, I had the cats in the room, actually. But... Oh. Uh, <laughs> It is. It's you. It's you all. So, today's episode is another episode on people that go missing. And, you know, some people are found or found alive. However, not everyone is found alive or found or alive. at all. Yeah. Yeah. If you're new to the show, just know I am not a fan of these types of cases or these episodes because they make <laughs> me feel very uneasy because I don't understand how people still go missing when everyone has a camera phone. I should just say smartphone now because camera phone, that's so early 2000s. But...
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love how we always have this disclaimer too. (laughs) Battle does not like unsolved mysteries. I do
3: not. They're not (laughs) fun to me. They make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, so I hate that. But I will say my couple of hours of research and recording this episode and me being uneasy is nothing compared to what these families have to go through after they lost a loved one so or even have any closure at that at that matter so it's okay i get it and i'm more than happy to help try to illuminate what happens when people go missing so like every episode that I don't have a case, I do want to give background information on the types of cases we're talking about today. So, so according to the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, about 600,000 people go missing each year, and only 4,400 of those bodies are found. Notice that I said bodies because that's what they are. They're unidentified. So while they are people, They just look at them as unidentified bodies because no one knows who they are. It's important to note that most people that do go missing are found. However, there are a lot of cold cases that come up each year with missing persons. In 2021 alone, there are currently a little over 15,000 people that are missing, with with California actually being the highest, and they have about 2,100 people, and Rhode Island have about 30 people that are missing. And interesting enough that there is a lot of, there's a little research on why people go missing, and that has a lot to do with that going missing or vanishing, it's not exclusive to one group. So regardless of age, race, sexuality, religious preference, you name it, anything that you want to label, everyone has, everyone essentially has a chance of going missing. And one group of people that I feel are pretty vulnerable are pretty vulnerable to going missing or becoming, going, becoming, wait, what? Sorry, my mustache keeps tickling my nose. That's why I'm touching it. It's (laughs) not because I do cocaine. I'm afraid to put things in my nose But the ones that I find most vulnerable Going missing or becoming abductive Are children And according to childfindamerica.org It's estimated that 2,300 children go missing daily In the United States So I get it There's nearly, what, 328 million people In the United States So what's 2,300? I mean, it's only a 200% difference
4: I must say, don't ask me to do quick math. Yeah, That's it's two hundred
5: percent. I did the math in Excel. Don't worry about it. It's good. Oh, it <sighs> I love Excel. Yes, honestly, one of the greatest Marvels modern civilization. Right? It's awesome if you know. Besides how to the it. pussy. Yeah. True. I, I, how it's how it. boy pussy. Excel. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I don't like anything in that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> so, although it's a two hundred percent difference, meaning that it's super low relative to the amount of people that are in the United States, it's still 2,300 children that didn't get a chance at life to experience what life has to offer, even though sometimes life can be pretty shitty. But let's go on to the other side of the spectrum and look at, I don't know, old people or old people that have Alzheimer's or dementia. And And according to an article on beingpatient.com, nearly one in six people living with Alzheimer's go missing at some point in their lives. This is because oftentimes they are forgetful and it's hard for them to remember things like where they live or sometimes where they are. And I know for me, I've personally seen it with friends on like Facebook or any type of social media share things about their family members going missing that have this type of mental disability.
4: I just like to like wander off or like yeah. go for a walk and forget <laughs> us, here. go missing
3: Get in their truck and drive somewhere and get lost. It's very
5: common. That happened to my uncle. He was a, uh, he had some like PTSD from being in the military and like, you know, was at the point where he could not take care of himself and he was just wandering around Houston. And like my mom just got a call from a random doctor who found her on like ancestry.com. She's like, hey, wow. do you know, do you know wow. this person? and they're like oh, that's my brother where where is he how long was he missing for uh i mean they stopped talking so like they um, just like assumed he was you know good. out doing yeah. his own thing but then he was wandering the streets and then we got him into long term care on the subject of alzheimers though it's like one of my biggest fears is that like i'll just forget every good thing that ever happened to me and i won't recognize my loved ones um, there is an album that's like very, very long.
4: I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, I listen I to it about. on uh, it's on Spotify. Uh, yeah,
5: it's, it's also on YouTube. YouTube. Yep. And it it's goes called, down like this sense
4: of uh, what it feels like to go through all time. It's creepy yeah. as shit. It gave me like body chills got the end of it.
5: It's I've called everywhere, everywhere at the End of Time and it's, I would say it's a little too long like maybe j- jump around to like get the kind of vibe of it. Yeah, very creepy, and the, the idea was, like, each song is a different stage of, you know, Alzheimer's and losing, you know, cognition.
4: Yeah, if you really want to have, like, an existential crisis moment, just, like, smoke a giant joint and then just throw on some headphones. And just no thanks. Back. Or just
3: while cleaning.
5: Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. Just listen, it's six and a half hours long. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. I, I listened to the whole thing because I'm like I need to know I need to listen to this whole thing and I got to the end I'm like wow that was really powerful and like sad but I did not need to listen for six and a half hours. <laughs> no I, I, I skipped through I did a, a whole run. whole day. Yeah literally of being sad and thinking about losing my mind. Ugh. So Welcome to your 20s. <laughs> oh speaking of 20s let's talk about
3: people that go missing over the age of 21. Thank you for that. Nearly 154,000 people over the age of 21 go missing, with 95,000 of those being men and 59,000 of them being women. That's not the case for people under the age of 21, where 209,000 girls and young women go missing and 178,000 of boys and young men go missing. Needless to say, I get it sounds very scary because it is scary, there's a super low risk that us ourselves will go missing. However, that doesn't mean that you will you will not go missing. So what can we do? So you right? will
4: not not go missing? Is what you're saying?
3: Yeah. You're less likely to go missing, but it doesn't mean it won't happen to you. Okay. Like it's, it's a super, super small chance. Because if you look at the total population of 600,000 to the total population of the Of the United States is extremely low. I didn't do the math on that, sorry. But (laughs) it's it's extremely low. However, I guess if you're in the wrong place at the right time for someone, peace, love, and chicken grease. But what can we do? (laughs) What we can do is... (laughs) is be diligent about where we are, who we are with, and making sure that people know where we are and who we're with. Um, I know for me, sorry about the um whoever's going to edit this. I know like for me, Melinda and I, we share our locations. And when I go running, for instance, I go running between the hours of 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. I, I usually have my dog with me, but then in the event i do go missing melinda will be able to see at least my last whereabouts because i take my phone with me just in case of emergency so we could just try to be more diligent about where we're going and who we're with but what we can also do is make sure that we ourselves are not zebras and trying to blend in when we see something happening that seems super sus like if you see like A person that's by themselves whether it be a man or a woman woman or a man whatever a person by themselves and that person looks like they're in some kind of discomfort because of some random person or that you could tell they seem physically like bothered by this person hey "Hey, i've been looking for you everywhere are you ready to go do you want like did you find what you're looking for make up some stupid thing and they'd probably be like oh yeah I'm ready to go and then help them. So don't be a zebra. Stand up and do something. And not to mention, this day and age, everyone has a cell phone and everyone has social media. So do something versus do nothing. Whether you want to just record it or whether you want to make a phone call to authorities, just do something. Yeah, or it's even like, just walk it up and see like, are like, you, hey, you, you good? You guys okay? It seems yeah. tense over here. Be nosy. Sometimes you have to be. But with that being said, I hope you have taken a little bit away from what I've talked about, and I hope you enjoy today's cases about people who have vanished. So,
4: someone take it away. Yee-yee. So, who wants to go first
2: after battle, obviously? I can go first, since my laptop is going to die soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Get into it, Kelsey. No. Um, Alrighty. So, um, I actually did my case on Bison Dele. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He was born Brian Williams. Um, He was the son of a musician, Eugene Williams, from the 50s. He performed with a group called the Platters. He he was a professional basketball player in the 90s. No? Okay.
5: I don't know sports sports. either. I don't know sports, yeah.
2: Um, He started playing basketball as a teenager. He was very tall for his age and had a natural talent for it and ended up being drafted into the NBA right out of college. He played for quite a few different teams throughout his successful decade-long career. He even won a championship in 1997 while playing with the um, famous teammate Michael Jordan for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, in 1998, he changed his name from Brian Williams to Bison Dele to honor his enslaved ancestors as well as his Cherokee heritage. He was also notable for being one of the first professional basketball players to be open about his mental health. He um, he struggled, I think, all throughout his career with um, heavily with depression. And as time passed, his became his behavior became kind of unpredictable. He had attempted suicide at least once, as well as on a flight with the team. He had tried to open like you know that that big emergency door at the front of the plane before being. He tried to open it. He didn't get to it because they stopped him, but...
4: Wait, how big was this guy again?
2: He was 6'10 and 240 pounds. So he was a big dude.
4: dude it must have a couple people to help stop him.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean... are playing full of basketball players, I would imagine they're yeah. all approximately the same size. But sheesh. Yeah, and then... Um, but the biggest shock for, like, to, like, fans and everything and his people the people around him is when in 1999 he retired from the nba at the age of 30 right as he was entering the prime of his career but he i guess had made enough money that he was satisfied and he just wanted to start traveling he explored many different countries learned new languages and even got his pilot's license he eventually bought a catamaran and named it hakuna matata after the swahili phrase made popular by the movie the lion king i
4: have a hakuna matata tattoo let's see if you can see it it's right there. I, I got when I was a
5: Cata brand
2: tattoo. Oh no! I
4: got it when I was 16 in this dude's basement.
2: Oh,
4: <laughs> my friend's brother bought a tattoo gun. And I was like, "Give me a cool name bro." Perfect. Honestly, nice as
2: time.
5: far as 16 year old choices go, that one's not too bad. No, I mean... <laughs>
3: now,
4: how worried are you,
1: though?
4: I survived. Oh. It's been like a couple of a few years. <laughs> Nothing got affected. He, dis- he, he disinfected it with Old Spice deodorant.
3: I mean, I just in general isn't that what like akuna Matata means? No worries. Oh yes. yeah,
4: I, I was I was bobbing. Yeah, I was in a mood because I am a worried wreck all the time.
2: <laughs> maybe you should get a Hakuna Matata tattoo. Yeah,
4: maybe that's a new yeah. Goops and stuff with Hakuna Matata. Good vibe stickers.
2: Get the little lion with the little over the he- forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but in July 2002, Dele set sail from Tahiti with his girlfriend, Serena Carlin, his brother, Miles DeBoard, who was born Kevin Williams, and um, the captain of the boat, Bertrand Saldo. So the first substantial indication that something was amiss was was when a check supposedly written by Dele for the amount of $152,096 was paid to a company called Certified Mint, located in Phoenix, Arizona. And this was about two months after they had set sail in Tahiti. So yes, so this was early September and he was supposed to still be on his trip. So his bank flagged it and contacted his financial planner, Kevin Porter, Apparently the contact information on the check had been changed to an address and phone number not associated with Deli. Then, when a man claiming to be delhi showed up at the mint to pick up the gold coins he was attempting to purchase, he was promptly detained by police. Despite having Delhi's passport and credit cards, the man turned out to be none other than Delhi's older brother, Miles Deboard. Deboard claimed that he had been sent by his brother to complete the transaction. Since no one was able to contact Dele to confirm or deny the story, his brother was let go. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, you, no one's going to back you up?
2: You're, you're good. Probably, you're yeah. well, you couldn't, you're
5: didn't do anything.
2: <laughs> at the same time, um, his girlfriend's mother had been growing concerned because throughout the trip, um, Serena had made sure to keep in touch and call every few days. And at that point, she had not um, contacted her mom for quite some time. So by the time uh, Debord had been released by Phoenix police, no one had heard from Dele Carlin or the boat's captain in about two months. Um, and it was becoming like publicized, I guess. The brother Debord then travels to San Francisco to meet up with his girlfriend, Erica Weiss. He confesses to her his version of events that took place on his brother's boat. The boat is then discovered shortly after in Tahiti with a new name, and um, police now, then police started looking for Debord after they had already let him go. He ends up fleeing to Mexico and calls his mother, telling her, I found something and I tried to cover it up, but I didn't do what they're, they're saying. No one will believe me.
4: Well, not and- when you flee into Mexico.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then, like a couple days after he makes that phone call, he is found um, unconscious on a beach in Tijuana. So he's transported back to the US and admitted to a San Diego hospital. Doctors believe he's in a coma caused by an insulin overdose. Oh, no. He does not recover and is taken off of life support, I think around September 20th, somewhere around then. What he claimed happened, um, his, his, he confesses to his girlfriend, and shortly after she had gone to the FBI with his story, he had told her that. He and his brother had gotten into an altercation. Dele's girlfriend, Carlin, had tried to break up the fight, but was accidentally thrown to the ground by Dele and uh, fatally hitting her head.
1: Oh, shit.
2: Yeah. When the boat's captain told the brothers they needed to go to port immediately to report the deaths, Debord claimed his brother beat the man to death. DeBoard then goes on to explain that he killed his brother in self-defense and threw all three bodies overboard before heading back to port on July 16th and then flying back to the U.S.
5: This is, this,
4: this is just very suspicious.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um <laughs> The boat had some damage, but it was unclear whether or not the damage, like, were bullet holes or holes due to, like, something scraping the side of the boat, like, say, in the water, like coral. Okay. Um no bodies were ever recovered and everyone who was on the boat on the night of july 8th which was like the last time anyone had heard from any of them are all now deceased so like obviously that story has a few holes inconsistencies um there's like conflicting reports about whether or not they found blood on the boat but for the most part like it was almost completely clean so it was hard to like gauge whether or not like, what, what kind of events that. took place? Because well, I don't know about you, but, well, if I if I were to bear witness to something like that, I wouldn't get rid of all the evidence if I wasn't at fault. And yeah, like, if it was like self-defense, self defense,
4: you'd be able to show that it was self-defense too, like, you know.
2: Yeah, but then I also wouldn't immediately after try to forge a check. <laughs> well, mistakes you know? were made. <laughs> So, and the thing too, um, that they did note in a few of the articles I read was that Miles like, so obviously Bison was like super successful, but Miles had always kind of struggled. Like he also had issues with his mental health and like was an alcoholic and dealt, never really, um, had good financial standing where his brother would have to come in and like bail him out That's a lot. Yeah, so um, he kind of, he actually had shown up unexpectedly and joined their little trip in Tahiti. So, like, he wasn't originally planned to be on the boat at that point, so just a lot of really um, odd things, you know, adding up, but unfortunately there's no way to ever figure out what happened.
5: Yeah, I don't, I don't trust boats. I don't, I don't do that. Like, <laughs> if someone ever advised me, like, oh, you want to go on a little boating trip? No. Not in nope. open water. Nope.
4: Well,
2: you ever notice, it's always, like, rich people in boats. Because, like, what the whole thing with, like, Robert Wagner. And mm-hmm. I don't remember her name, but the woman who was in West Side Story.
3: The one that played Gloria?
2: I don't think so. Or Maria? Yeah, I think it was Maria. I don't know. It was so it was her Robert Wagner and when
4: you're a shark
2: Christopher Walken
3: we we're all jets. on the boat See? Don't go on boats.
2: Don't go on boats with rich people.
3: You guys want to oh, go on? Which I
2: guess. No, I don't. I what hate I'm swimming. Broke. I'm a terrible swimmer. Boats kind of freak me out. I mean, they're cool and all, but I wouldn't want to be out in the middle of the fucking ocean on a
4: boat. What about a lake? I can do a lake. Ooh, that's a lake. Fine. I'm a yeah, I'm a lake. Yeah cuz we're There's still like
2: a
5: level of lake I'm comfortable with. Like if I could see both sides I just I just want to be able to see the shore. You,
3: what if I asked you to purify yourself in Lake Minnetonka? Nothing. And on that note, no ever uh, seen uh, purple rain? Prince? No. Oh my god. <laughs> I want you to purify yourself at Lake Minnetonka
4: <laughs> that, like that. That was a, it was, a that was a great prince impression. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, Well, on that note, let's uh, take a small break. I got poop. And now, a message from our sponsors.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we're back.
3: Got it you. from my goop. From, yeah, from my... I a, goop stickers. <laughs> a goop poop. A goop poop. I put a sticker on my butthole and now I don't poop anymore. Thanks, Gwyneth Paltrow.
5: <laughs> oh my God, they like those
2: little cat butthole gems. <laughs> well,
5: Get man, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my favorite video on YouTube was taken down, and it is of this man who uh, superglues his butthole shut and then drinks a <laughs> bottle of laxatives and talks. Oh, my
1: God, I, I oh, talk God. I've
5: it's seen that, too. incredible. It's an just, incredible. A friend just, of his, while he's applying the superglue, maces him. Maces him in the butthole.
2: But, like, I just want to know... Why? Why? Because not only did he do that, didn't he he like put fucking nails and shit on the yeah. toilet seat? It was, no, yeah. I think
4: what was it? Wasn't it the Pan Olympics?
5: No. The Time the video came out, no? No. I don't think so. I think it was like after that. Pan Olympics was like. I don't was, know what the
2: Pan like, Olympics are. Uh, right? It was don't brutal. Look it don't
4: look
3: it,
2: don't
4: look it
3: Up. Don't
5: look it up. Don't look it up. It's like Live Leak era Robert traumatizing himself with the family computer. It's like Rotten.com
3: yeah. but in video form.
2: Okay.
5: Yeah.
2: Okay, not I, I feel like I have, there's like a theme with that. It's generally always like white men who mm-hmm. do that kind of weird shit to themselves. Yeah. Like I saw like a jackass. One, yeah. yeah. But like I saw one where it's like this guy who was like eating a fucking cactus. And my theory is, is that like, they've reached such a high level at the top of the feud chain. Like they need to make their own-
4: Danger, feud.
3: yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> like, like why? Be your own people
3: sometimes we're just walking on milk
4: crates. <laughs> let's move on to uh my case because uh in my case as reminded me a lot of hmm, well battle the guy like the guy <laughs> in my case reminded me of battle in a good way okay <laughs> in a bad way as it is like a young adventurous like intellectual yeah, who's about to go missing and that's what made me more sad.
2: <laughs> hey, I feel like that needs to be a gif. Your face just then. <laughs> it's too
4: perfect. <laughs> and that's what made me more sad. So my case is about Daniel Robertson, who was a young Black man just living a normal life. And on June 23rd this year, he went to work and then was just never seen again. All that was found of him was his turned-over Jeep that was crashed into a ravine. So now, Daniel Cornelius Robertson was born on January 14th, 1997, into a very average, like, loving family, which included his mom, his dad, his sister, and older brother. Well, sorry, older brother, younger sister. I had that backwards. So the they were all incredibly close. They said they told stories about how like he just had a great childhood together, and that Daniel was. Despite having a disability, he was born with part of his right arm, like, not being fully formed.
3: Muscle atrophy. Is that what that's called? Yeah, when your muscle, like, pretty much just dies.
4: Oh, no, like, like, the arm. No, no, that part of the arm wasn't there at all. Oh, okay. I, I forget what the disorder was called, but, like, the lower part of his right arm just wasn't there.
2: Oh, I knew a kid like that in high school.
4: Yeah, I can't think of the name for it, but yeah, it just—it was born with it not there. But they said despite that, he never let like, that slow him down, and he continued to just have like an adventurous life. According to those who knew him, he was a smart and happy person with a passion for adventure, life, and love spending time outside with friends and family. And this actually correlated to his like career when he graduated from South Carolina University and went on to become a field geologist in a company called Metrics New World Engineering, and he moved out to Arizona in Phoenix to live, like, his outdoorsy geologist life, which sounds, like, very chill. <laughs> just to be able to just be outside looking at rocks all day. But, it is? your job is just being outside looking at rocks. It's, like, a pretty cushy gig, you know? You're not working at fucking FedEx. <laughs> like me. I hate my job.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Did I get too real? <laughs> you just have to go get a, a rock degree.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: I'm I'm doing psychology. So, you know, I got to be in depth. Brains are kind of like rocks. So, some of these motherfuckers are here. Gray yeah. Matter. Brains are definitely like rocks. Right? <laughs> so, now Daniel was last seen by his co workers around 9 15 a.m. on June 23rd, 2021. He had been working at a new site in the Sun Valley Parkway on Cactus Road near a uh, near a river. It's like a big river. And he was testing, he was out there testing groundwater. And that's not, so I used to be a uh, water tech analysis like, when I was 19 in the lab. And I used to go out to like certain landfills, like test the water. Not an extraneous job and not what a job nerd. that you I know right <laughs> <laughs> and not a job that you expect someone to go missing for because like Battle was talking about earlier you're always on your phone and you're always constantly in contact with like your co-workers and other people like that while you're out there so the fact that he just like dropped off with no given reason it's not like he had a reason to go run like he was at work doing a job that's what I'm trying to say so at some point he got into his blue Jeep Wrangler and drove away from the site. And he didn't tell anyone where he was going or why he was leaving. He just apparently left. That evening, a missing persons report was filed when his father notified the job that like, he hasn't heard of him. They asked like, hey, did you guys hear of him? We haven't heard of him tonight at all. They said no. And that's what they put out, you know, the missing persons report and his family drove 2,000 miles from South Carolina to Phoenix, Arizona, to start an aid in the search. Like they hopped in their cars immediately and drove cross country. So uh, they learned that in the lead of his disappearance, he had been acting strange and seen more withdrawn from his father. His dad said that he kind of just seemed like depressed. So searches were conducted at local hospitals first to see like if he got injured or some way. And like with the hospital, they found nothing. They actually got a helicopter the next day to come and do a search. Uh, Patrols on like foot bikes and ATVs searched the whole area, found nothing. And on July 9th, Arizona Civil Air Patrol officers assistants came in with another aircraft and kept flying over. They also put up holsters around local hotels and checked his credit cards and still like nothing was found other than his Jeep, which was discovered July 20th, so almost a full month later, and approximately four miles southwest of where he was last seen in a ravine. It was flipped over and crashed, the airbags were deployed, and it was determined that, like, he had a seatbelt on, his seatbelt wasn't cut. Like, it looked like someone basically just, like, kind of reclipped it. Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. And there was no, like, blood, or anything in the car. It didn't seem like there was a struggle. It seemed like the car just crashed and he got out of it and walked off. But there were no signs of like footprints,
5: drag marks, anything like that. The fact that the seatbelt was reclipped is kind of a weird detail. Because, like, if you were just in an accident, you take off your seatbelt and just get out of the car. Why would you reclip it?
4: Yeah. And my mm. first thought was like maybe he like kind of crawled Like um, slipped out. Because, yeah, because well, I had pictures, he was a real skinny guy. He was a lean guy. And my first thought was all right, if he had a disability where like part of his right hand isn't there, well, part of his right arm isn't there, he only has the one hand, maybe he did just kind of just like slip out of it and crawl out. That's kind of hard because
3: like, I mean, that's your
2: left hand.
3: Seat belts like lock. So, like, if your seat extends all the way out and it tries to go back in and you try to pull out again, it's not going to come out.
2: Also, could you imagine, with, like, like,
3: like putting in a car seat,
4: like
2: slithering know? out of your seatbelt, like how hard it would be yeah. to do that?
4: Yeah, especially after an accident.
3: I'm
4: no that's not the, the only. But... It's not the only weird thing. But in his vehicle, several of his personal okay. items were found, including his clothing, like a bag of clothes, a cell phone, wallet, and keys. The clothes were found three feet from the vehicle, including his boots and safety vests. According to this family, investigators didn't conduct any forensic search. I mean, any forensic work of the Jeep or the uh, clothing. So they hired their own team of analysis and they found that Wait, sorry. So after that, they hired their own team to analyze the Jeep and the clothing. After they were finished, they also looked into his computer and cell phone. Detectives conducted a ground search of the surrounding area and they said they came up empty. So yeah, all this clothing and shit like that was found, which is also very weird. I feel like if you've got an accident, you would at least take your cell phone. Yeah. And like maybe you reflective vest, so it could be easier to spot you. And most people in car accidents typically just stay with the vehicle. Because you, you know they say, like if you're in some sort of vehicle accident, something like that, you stay with the vehicle because it's easier for people to find you, especially in a remote area. I definitely would
3: take my cell phone. Like after something like that, I would look for my cell phone. And then yeah. go. I would. I wouldn't probably think of putting on a reflective vest. Now that you say that, it might. If I get in an accident, I'm like, oh shit. Do I have my work vest in here so I could put it on? But like, for sure, it's my something easy to spot.
4: You. Yeah. And then the fact you know that his it, clothing you, was found out, like outside of the car too. Yeah. Also you know what it makes post? me think
2: of though? You what? said, wait, he definitely got into an accident, right? Like there was damage on his vehicle.
4: The vehicle was flipped over in a ravine. So yeah, he definitely okay. got into an accident.
2: Um, those like I've heard about it a bunch on like other podcasts and stuff, but like those those scams where it's like these people stop you or like ask for help or something, Ooh, yeah. you know what I mean? In like oh, the middle sure. of the road, and I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they like they ran someone off the road. I don't know, but
4: True. yeah, so yeah. so going kind of back to the cell phone thing, they did try to like triangulate and ping his location. And that really didn't help anything at all. Like, kind of tracked where he was going from the work site up into the uh the ravine. And that didn't really help at all with any of searches. Uh, and then after all that, the uh, Buckeye Police Department did not, they said they didn't suspect any foul play in the disappearance based on the information that they found in his Jeep. His father and family, like, greatly disagreed with all of that. Instead, with the evidence provided, it seems like something had happened that was suspicious that they could consider they should continue investigating on it uh so he hired numerous other private investigators who also believe the same thing but the police department just didn't want to pick it up they just wanted to chalk it up to just a missing persons case there is currently a ten thousand dollar reward offer from the family for any information leading to his arrest, not arrest sorry, (laughs) leading to him being found or any information about it and I'll put all that in the show notes and yeah we see this a lot where certain suspicious cases, especially with people of color, just get turned into like, oh they close it kind of quickly rather than other cases
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or
4: chalk it up to like a runaway
1: or something like that
4: even though there is like a shit ton of just very suspicious <laughs> I evidence mean, you know it
1: was, he and, was in the desert right?
5: yeah he's on the desert doing a there, water testing I mean, yeah I mean he's outside of his car without his clothes like he's dead of exposure for sure yeah like, unless it, 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 he got picked up by someone like so scary yeah Yeah. so I'll, put, I'll post on so yeah, yeah, that
2: it's like Say someone, like, like stopped him, like I said, like, some, one of those weird scams, and then just, like, clipped his, like, car and, like, threw it off them into the ravine or something. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe he they, was they with that. someone else kidnapped.
5: They do that scam out here in St. Louis, like, pretty regularly. Like, someone will just have their hazards on, like, at an off-ramp or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Like in your
5: way and then they're like oh sorry can I like borrow your phone to like call somebody and as soon as you give you the, give them your phone they're like okay well I'm robbing you you should leave now
4: yeah. a couple days ago something like that like it seems the situation happened to me so I, I'm on my way to work and I go to work at like 1am every day yeah. so I'm on my way to work I know right <laughs> I'm on my way to work and I see this dude who's like trying to wave down cars and he's, like limping and shit so I go by him um, and like his limp looked pretty severe and a way like he was like flagging seemed like frantic. So I'm thinking like, oh, maybe he got into a car accident. Maybe they got like clipped by a car and he needs help. So I double back around, I pull up to him. He like, he just automatically like straightens up his back, stopped limping and walks up to my car. Like, oh, hey, I gotta run to the bus stop down there. And I was like, the bus stop is like not even a mile away. Yeah, can I just get a quick ride? I was like, no, no, no man. I did not get in my car. I like you straight up stop limping and wanted to a ride half a mile
5: away to a bus stop. No, no, no. At 1 a.m.? No. I used to have a buddy who, like, whenever he was hitchhiking, he would take off his shoes. He would do it barefoot. Um, he's like, because nobody wants to see that on the side of the road, and they always pick me up when I take my shoes off.
4: Oh, God, jeez. Wow. But well, I'll be putting the description and the number to call and all the information for Daniel Robertson in the show notes. So if you're in the area, if you're in Arizona, and you know something or see something, say something. Yeah. My first thought was, uh, like Robert said, he got into an accident, climbed out of his car, and like maybe just wandered off looking for help. Because I can excuse leaving yourself photoship behind if you have like a head injury. You know, like, yeah, right. Head, yeah. You know.
5: yeah. You get blasted he with that airbag, and then you're not thinking straight. Yeah, he just try to
4: stumble off and look for help, and he just collapse somewhere. I don't know how they couldn't
5: find his body. True, I don't know. It's all very suspicious, but yeah. yeah. Oh, and a reminder that if you're in the desert and your car breaks down, do not leave your car. Stay you know, in your car. They die near, of exposure.
4: Yeah, stay in oh. or near your car. If you get into any type of an like, airplane accident or whatever. First thing they tell you to do is stay near, like, the accident site, because it makes the it easier that to find you. people can
5: see. Yes. Yeah. It makes yeah. it a lot easier to find you. Also, emergency blankets. Uh, if you get, uh, like, a reflective one, reflective that's awesome. ones, yeah. If you can't do that, get blue, because blue is the most unnatural color, and it's easy to pick up from, like, an airplane or a helicopter.
4: Survival tips. We got you. I did. Search and rescue. I have it's a blue. whole- I have a whole survival book, actually, right here. Heck yeah. <laughs> I, I stay ready. Okay. But yeah, so battle I mean not battle, sorry, Robert. Uh... Oh, man, I wish it
5: was battle. Get serious. This is a scary one. Ooh, Whoa. spoopy. So I want you to imagine something. You know. I'm imagining
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
5: <laughs> you're out with your friends, you know, you get home around like eleven or twelve, you're like, Oh, what a great night, but you know, I gotta go and work later. You know, but tomorrow's Friday, it's cool. You lay down in bed fall asleep eventually, uh, and then you die. You just die. Uh, And you and 90-something of your other neighbors just die in the middle of the night. What?
2: Uh, I am intrigued.
5: So Thursday, June 24th, 2021, the Champlain Towers South collapsed. It was a building... Oh, shit! ...in the middle of the night, collapsed. Uh... All things said and done, after four weeks of searching for, you know, missing people, about a hundred people died. I think thirty-five people were rescued, but the only people that survived the rescue were people who were pulled out the same day the tower went down. Jesus.
4: And where was that? Where was that again?
5: Uh, this was in Miami, in a suburb called Surfside. Yeah. Damn. Um. It, this like. When I first heard this story, I was... Because at that point, it was still being reported, like, 100 people missing. Like, you know, all these people are just trapped in this rubble. And then I started thinking about how, like, the little things around my apartment that, like, my landlord refuses to fix. Or, like, in our building. That they're just like, yeah, we'll get to eventually. Or, you know, yeah, there's bugs. But they're not doing any structural damage, probably. Um, probably. Probably. The... So the, the cause of the Champagne Tower collapse was water damage as a result of um, the waterproofing involved with the pool wasn't done correctly. Um, and they've known about this issue since 2018. <laughs> and they had, you know, plans a big $15 million project plans to fix this thing.
4: And now they got a big-ass lawsuit to plan for. The fuck?
5: Probably going to be more than $15 million dollars, uh, and a hundred people no longer are alive. This, uh, this specific building had a large population of Latino people, um, and amongst them was the sister of the First Lady of Paraguay. So the Paraguayan government was also involved in the search effort. Um, and for a little while, like, in the very beginning, there was a bunch of, like, conspiracy theories about, like, oh, there was political people like who lived here.
4: Oh, like a hit-type uh, thing?
5: Yeah, but, you know, that's just, you know... It's crazy, very convoluted. Crazy people yeah. getting crazy. Puppycat, darling. Yeah, so this woman and her husband and their three children all died um, pretty much instantly. God. Um, we would hope. You know, we don't know for sure, but, you know, in a, a tower collapse, you know, a lot of the people die be quickly, be
1: yeah, Some don't. You
5: know, yeah. Some people are trapped in areas and can't get out or are slowly crushed underneath rubble. So, yes, there was an engineering inspection by Morbito more consultants in 2018 that showed a major error in the construction of the pool deck. This major error when would, would then go on to uh, cause water damage to concrete and rebar that was critical to the building structure. This... Case also reminds me a lot of the Flint water crisis because it was, you know, major structural damages and issues that were known about that enough people kind of like turned their eye, delayed until the point that it was like a major health crisis or was impacting many, many people. One of those like, at best by accident and like at worst by design. Yeah. Um, not saying when that a, a the people that own this tower, yeah. The, tower. the like absolute criminal negligence um, and I couldn't find any information about if anyone is going to get charges or see any prison time about this. Um, but yeah, a beachfront property at 1am, you know, just goes missing. It disappears. And the hundred people that lived inside are gone too.
2: It makes um, me think of the whole power grid thing in Texas this past winter. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they knew it 10 years ago that it was going to do that.
4: Or what was that facility? It was some other country that like literally exploded? Like, like, yeah, it was like a chemical,
5: uh, chemical factory or something. In, yeah, and only one time. Like, like Eastern Europe. Europe. Yeah. yeah. So man. as much as it is for me scary to think about, like oh, someone hopping out of a van and like just disappearing me, I'm if I'm counting my like odds me getting, like, trapped in a building that's collapsing or, like, in an explosion from a factory, like, that seems more likely to me. I don't know if that's true. I'm just just (laughs) paranoid. Yeah, because I feel like I'm not like a desirable target for kidnapping, you know?
2: Well, that's, like, the one thing I feel like I've learned a lot too as I've gotten older, like, the line between, like, our chances of something happening and just being lucky that we haven't Succumb because yeah. Yeah. of someone's negligence in something at some point is like yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's like a constant threat with a lot of stuff. I mean, we're just lucky overall.
5: Yeah.
4: Like yeah. Even with a car, I could just, like, take one person like not expecting some rare or fucking up somewhere, mm-hmm. and, like your your gas pedal gets like stuck to the floor while you're driving or some shit.
5: It stresses yeah. me out so much that public transportation isn't better here. <laughs> Just cause like it, It's just a matter of time Before you're in a car accident Like And when like it does happen road. Hopefully it's chill And not a big deal But
4: Yeah Or like a bridge Like look Look look, at look fucking Philly That bridge man That's yeah. <laughs> In a year now That's just coming down
5: <laughs> Infrastructure Needs to be uh, Overhauled In the US You could say <laughs> Um yeah, so that's my my disappearance. The disappearance of a building and a hundred people as a result of, ah, we'll fix it later.
4: You know, Poison Ivy was right. You just gotta go around killing these type capital. <laughs> <laughs> Poison Ivy did nothing wrong. But hey, that was our episode. I hope it filled you full of new paranoia and anxieties. Dang. Throughout your day,
0: when you're sitting
4: bed. in your yeah, when you're sitting sitting in your shitty apartment, you're looking up at the ceiling. It's cracking a little bit. Thinking like, this might this might be it. <laughs> let, me just, let me take some more melatonin then. But uh, yeah, enjoy the music coming up. The cases are great. I love the gang. Check out the Patreon links below. Also, get ready for October. You got some. Shit coming up for spooky, a spooky season. season. Yeah. We're going to be covering some serial killers like the whole month. So just get ready for that. Anybody else have anything to plug or say? Battle? I have nothing to say. Take a break from social media, everyone. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Run a marathon.
3: Yeah, yeah
4: go Run ahead. Marathon. Yeah. It's healthy. <laughs> Kelly, got anything? Nerp. Nope. Oh, well, oh, Kelly's on a TikTok. Oh, yes. Yeah. So check out the Brother Murder TikTok for Kelly content. Robert, you got anything? No. All right, well, that's it. Uh, stay juicy, everyone. Buy those good vibe stickers and put them on your butthole. I was about to say that. <laughs> I read your
5: mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. bye. Okay, we definitely picked up my cat screaming in the background again. I, I, I heard, heard it. it. It's your cute.
2: Cat. I can't help but giggle every time. I know. A little bastard.
1: I've been thinking, I've been thinking, I've been thinking.